focus. Hello there to you and welcome to today's edition of the Rural Focus podcast. Lovely to be having your company and, well, have we got a story for you? Scientists at the University of Queensland, well, good news here is that they're developing a protein-based vaccine to protect Australia's beef industry from lumpy skin disease. We're going to catch up with Professor Tim Marnie and speak more about that today. How good would that be if it comes to fruition? Be Bloody brilliant, really, wouldn't it? Also on today's show, we'll catch up with Harry Carroll from Nutrient Livestock. How did the Mount Barker cattle sale go last week? And we'll also catch up too with Brett from Milne Feeds. I'm sure they're having a busy time of it at the moment. Looking forward to catching up with Brett and the team at Milne Feeds to, to see what they can offer WA farmers. But first things first, let's catch up with this bloke, shall we? He's over there on the East Coast, Stu McKenzie. Hello there to you. Morning, Troy. Good morning, listeners. How are we all today? Not bad. Now, uh, of course, uh, the grain harvest yields uh, to be high, but it looks like the costs, mate, uh, will eat into, well, most growers' profit margins. Yeah, I think with input costs the way they were at the start of the season uh, and the economics of where things are sitting now, if you are brave enough to take take a punt early, I think you're going to be okay. If you've waited to play the market out, as canola is coming back to 700 bucks and wheat, wheat and barley, certainly dropping back in price. I think a lot of people are going to have to redo budgets for 2023 and 2024, particularly when it comes to overall commodity purchase, but also uh, machinery purchases moving forward in the next 18 to 24 months. Yes, and uh, the news filtering through too, that uh, this sort of means, mate, that the forecasted over 20 million tonne harvest could cost the industry around about $3 billion in revenue. Yeah, and this doesn't surprise me at all. I think, it, I think the way, you know, particularly CBH, have done their, their forecasts and um, asked the growers to put everything into into their plans. It's great to forecast these things, but number one, you've got to have capacity to store it. We don't have that. You know, farmers are being forced to have more stuff on farm, which is going to cost, cost growers more in grain bags and silos and everything else. CBH haven't been able to manage the removal of 2021, 22, 20, the 2021, 2022 harvest yet. There's still, still carryover in some ports of half a million tonnes. So... I think we're going to struggle to see ships exporting grain over the next two years, let alone what's coming off of this harvest. So more or less, mate, uh, say growers have been paying, say, full price on their inputs, they're more or less going to struggle more to, to meet the financial goals? I think so, particularly yeah. if they have to turn around and, and, you know, grain bags, a 250-tonne grain bag was 500 bucks two years ago. That same bag now is twelve or 1300 bucks. So yeah. every, every input on, in, a, in a grower's market space has increased. And is this fair to the grower? Absolutely not. CBH, I think you've got a lot to answer for. CBH being the cooperative, which is supposed to be owned and managed by growers, is certainly not that. I think CBH have lost have lost their focus on what they're supposed to be doing. Yes, I understand that it's hard to get boats, it's hard to get trucks, it's hard to get everything else, but CBH being the global leader that they are, there's been a lot of questions to answer, and I believe they still could have done more in moving grain, particularly out of the smaller centres into the larger ones, to get that shit on a boat to get it out of the country. Mm, it's going to be interesting over the next uh, few months, I suppose, just to see uh, what does happen here. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, maybe not looking too good for uh, WA farmers. Great harvest, but will they get much out of it? Don't think so. What about canola, mate? What are you hearing around regional WA? Well, as we drive down the Hume Highway uh, <laughs> in Melbourne towards uh, Wangaratta, um, canola, canola is still in full flower over here. So, obviously, a, 
you know, a lot of Victorian growers, their seeding and harvest times are different, but they mm. also use uh, utilise longer longer season varieties. So with up to 25% of some people's programs going into canola for 2020, 2021, 2022, and the 2022-2023 harvest just about upon us, CAG 1, CAG 2 segregations are going to be few and far between. Uh, and it doesn't matter where you're farming, uh, particularly in WA, I think with the amount of canola that's gone in above yield pre- predicted, it's going to be hard to find the storage for that product. If you took a punt early and you secured your canola at 900 to 1200 bucks a tonne, you're going to be okay. But I think, you know, as, as we said before, economics, if that's going to come back to 700-ish, I think we're going mm. to struggle. So. What are you hearing uh, fertiliser-wise going forward, mate? Well, with, with gas prices in Europe and we've got urea and phosphate supply out of China, China putting tariffs on phosphates, anything over, I think it's 10.5. So if, if your map is coming into the country at under 10, you're fine. If it's over 10, we're going to struggle struggle to see supply again so not to be the the the, the doom and gloom but mm. make sure you've secured your supply early and it might be worthwhile dabbling in a couple of different pools just to try and secure what you need rather than taking well let's secure 75 to 80 percent of what we need it might be worthwhile taking a punt and securing 90 90 to 95 percent of what you need because if you do run out there might not be another option so once again have a chat to your merchandise outlet have a chat to your agro it doesn't matter which company you're supporting or which company you're supplying sorry you're getting your supply from making sure that we can secure that supply at a price don't just lock in quantities without a price ladies and gents because that's the game that's being played you know we're being told oh we can guarantee you your 250 or 300 ton order of phosphate but you can't guarantee price what a load of bullcrap Every supplier has got a wholesale cost. So if your agro or your supply company isn't giving you a secure price as of today, with the 14-day turnaround time, mm. go shopping somewhere else. Anything else from you before I do let you go this morning, seeing that you uh, uh, are travelling over there on the East Coast? Uh, well, look, road safety, ladies and gentlemen, mm. and we speak about this quite a lot on, on Rural Focus, and for those playing playing along at home, you can listen back to this on the listener app as well. Look, road safety, harvest is just about to start. We've got all the regional ag- agricultural shows just about to kick into gear. Ladies and gents, if you come up behind an oversized load, just take your time. The truckie will whistle your path when it's good to go. Don't be in a hurry to go nowhere, and you're better off arriving half an hour late than not at all. Drive to the conditions. If you're tired, pull over. You know, just be safe on our roads, because we're coming into the end of the year. We've got 86 days of 2022 left. You know, it'll be good to spend that, that, that Christmas with your families rather than not. So slow down, don't drink and drive, wear your seatbelt, don't do drugs. Just do all the right stuff and arrive alive. Yes, take it easy if you are out and about. Uh, that's it for you, I'm guessing, mate. I know that you've got a uh, busy few days over there on the East Coast. Uh, how is it over there? The sun is shining. It's about 20 degrees. There's a cloud over there. Yeah, there's a cloud <laughs> over there. Um, there. There has been a fair bit of rain around, as we know, and I think New South Wales is copping it again. Okay. Call, call me Stu, the traveller at the moment. Brisbane last week and Melbourne this week. So it's, it's a shocking life at the minute, I must admit. <laughs> Getting those frequent flyer points up, mate. Absolutely, absolutely. But back, back to reality, we, uh, we, we fly back home on Thursday. Looking forward to hitting the ground running next week. Enjoy over there, mate. Uh, we'll chat to you again next week. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, listeners. Have a great week and please stay safe. The following interview on the Rural Focus podcast is a paid interview. A reminder, this may not be the right product for you and other goods and services may be available. Well, it wouldn't be the Monday show without catching up with Nutrient Livestock's very own Harry Carroll. Good morning, mate. Morning, Troy. Morning, listeners. How'd you go last Thursday there at Mount Barker? 
Last Thursday, Mount Barker, 737 yarded, with our team putting together 325 of these. Good quality yarding of yearling steers and heifers uh, were penned. New season weaner steers and heifers were yeah, moderate sort of numbers, just a few here and there, and cows were in short supply and quite mixed in uh, quality and type. Righto, quotations. Heavy dairy steers sold to a top of 300 cents a kilo for three or four pens of those, with five to 600 kilo beef steers, 402 to 444 cents a a kilo and only small numbers of those also. Heavy boning room heifers, these sold from 360 to 422 cents to average 380. Dearer market there with added competition. Though older heifers that are under 540 kilos, these sold mostly to feeders at 380 to 470 cents a kilo and a pretty good average of 440 cents for those. <coughs> now yearling steers over 400 kilos, there were some good lines of these. Uh, these were dearer at 470 to 490 cents a kilo, 330 to 400 kilo yearling steers, 480 to a top of 576 cents a kilo, would have averaged 500, good strong market there. Wiener steers over 330 kilos, these sold to a top of 556 cents a kilo. 280 to 330 kilo wiener steers, so the lighter end of them, 582 to 630, would have been a good 30 cents a kilo stronger there. Heavy prime cows, these sold from 290 to 342 cents a kilo, the higher cents per kilo for some young cows. Mm-hmm. Medium and better store cows, 210 to 220, mix or quality of those, mostly to the processors, I might add. Heavy bulls, extra player in the market last week, uh, uh, made the difference of 15 cents a kilo upwards, 250 to 350 cents a kilo for a big run of bulls, and they would have averaged 320 for the day. So an extra player in the yeah. feeder market, an extra player in the processor market, all helps to make a, a stronger market, probably. Are you starting to see more players starting to come on board now, Harry? The moment you start yarding more cattle, you get more action, you get more interest. So, you know, it's worth put, worthwhile people coming here to uh, put a load of cattle together. All right. Another sale there on Thursday, mate? There is, Troy. Another yeah. sale on Thursday. Pretty quiet week down here, about 15, <laughs> 16 or 17 degrees. So can't have, can't be very far away from a coat. <laughs> that dries a bone, really, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> like they needed at Mount Panorama yesterday. Absolutely, the didn't they? Yes. Uh, what else is happening, mate? Just starting to get pretty busy. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, lambs and cattle, it's all, all happening at once down here, Troy, and the season's finishing off pretty darn well by the look of it. So, yeah, looking forward to a busy few months ahead of us. All right. Well, uh, enjoy your week, mate. We'll chat to you again next week. Look forward to it. Thank you. The following interview on the Rural Focus podcast is a paid interview. A reminder, this may not be the right product for you and other goods and services may be available. Well, as I mentioned uh, on Friday's show, scientists at the University of Queensland are developing a protein-based vaccine to help protect Australia's beef industry from lumpy skin disease. I do have Professor Tim Marnie from the University of Queensland with me this morning. Professor, good morning there to you. Uh, good morning. Great to be with you. So uh, how are we going with uh, the protein-based vaccine? Yeah, so we're making um, really good progress. Uh, it's particularly challenging um, compared to a lot of the other vaccine technologies we or vaccines that we work on, given that we're starting from scratch, essentially. So there's not a lot to work in the country. Now, as we know, Australia is currently uh, lumpy skin disease freeze. That's still right? That's correct. Yes. yes, absolutely. So this is more at risk for Australian beef than foot and mouth disease. Is that true too? Uh, I think that's that's probably a subjective okay. um, sub-statement in a way. We, we probably have a much better indication of how FMD is likely to get into the country given yeah. how it's transmitted. So it's probably likely to be brought in by something, somebody at an airport. So we okay. kind of know that. Yep. Whereas because lumpy is insect-borne transmitted, yep. then that can be a little bit more difficult to protect, uh, to predict. 
So what's your goal here with, uh, with the vaccine? So our main goal is to produce a subunit or protein-based vaccine, and we want that vaccine to be single dose. Okay. So the most likely incursion point for Lumpy is probably going to be some maybe somewhere across our northern border, and within those um, extensive production beef cattle production systems. So as we know, they don't muster very frequently, so the application of multi-dose um, vaccines can be problematic. All right. And the protein-based vaccines, they're more safer and effective here, Professor? Yeah, certainly. Depends what, you, what you're referring to or what you compare it to. So in terms of the current lumpy skin vaccine that's used overseas, so that's a modified live, that would be very problematic for us to use here. So protein-based vaccines offer a few alternatives from that and that we're not using the whole pathogen so there's no risk of disease uh, and then how effective that will be will then come back to uh, how well we can present the components of lumpy that we're trying to produce in the laboratory at the moment to the uh, cattle immune system. So you're working on a prototype at the moment is that right? That's correct yeah. yeah. And when would you likely to have that up and being tested? Yeah that's the, <laughs> that's the billion dollar question I guess. <laughs> Um, so I guess what we're hoping to do is so we're yeah. currently at the, at the uh, stage where we're, we've selected um, half a dozen candidate antigen genes from lumpy skin virus, and so we're trying to produce the proteins that those genes encode. If and we're hoping that they will be available in the next couple of months, yep. and that we would have a prototype vaccine, if you like, that's put into our single dose formulation towards the end of this year, that, and then that would be ready for at least some preliminary immunisation studies in in a large animal model, maybe sheep as a model, to see when we do present these antigens together, how the, the, the immune system of those animals responds to it. So and then that would inform where we would go next in the developmental processes. So the prototype that you got at the moment, you haven't used it? on testing on any animals at the moment? So we have, the formulation is based on a, a vaccine that we've developed for cattle ticks a number of years ago. Okay. And because it targets a, a similar similar industry, yep. it was developed as a single dose technology. When we use cattle tick antigens in that formulation, uh, we get quite, we get very strong immune responses. We get good protection from uh, cattle tick infestation of cattle and then we know that those immune responses last for up to a year. So we think that that is a good uh, that base formulation. Mm. We take out the cattle tick antigens, put okay. in the lumpy skin antigens and see what happens. So uh, there you go, the University of uh, Queensland, the scientists there, developing a protein-based vaccine to uh, protect Australia's beef industry from lumpy skin disease. And uh, have you heard from uh, the beef industry and what they're thinking about um, this? Not, not directly. We've yep. talked to a few people and, you know, they're obviously very happy that yep. a lot of people are trying to work on this, this potentially big problem. Would you be working on a foot and mouth one as well? Um, at this stage, no. I yeah. think, as I said before, the, yeah. the scientific knowledge that underpins FMD is much broader mm-hmm. and there's already um, existing vaccines um, that could potentially be used for those. So I think the urgency with FMD, while the problems and, and the potential impacts are quite similar, the urgency is we don't have a good safe, effective vaccine for use either in Indonesia or on the Australian mainland should the worst happen. So I think it's our, certainly our priority for the time being. And Professor, just quickly, uh, how long will the vaccine last for? Yeah, so we would we would hope that, uh, that it would be, that they would be protected um, for up to a year. Okay. With boosters potentially after yep. that. In terms of the longevity of the vaccine itself, lumpy skin is uh, those 
sorts of viruses tend to be quite well conserved, so they don't tend to change as much as, say, things like the COVID-19 virus. So we would think that the vaccine could be effective for quite a few years. Well, uh, Professor Tim Money, hey, thank you for your time today, mate. Uh, all the best going forward, and uh, we'll keep a close eye on this, and we'll get in contact with right. you uh, very soon. Okay, great. No worries. Great to have a chat. The following interview on the Rural Focus podcast is a paid interview. A reminder, this may not be the right product for you and other goods and services may be available. Time right now to catch up with uh, Brett Blanchard from Milne Feeds. Nice to have them back on Rural Focus. Brett, good morning there to you, mate. G'day, Troy. How are you going? Good to be back. Be another busy season for you and the team there at Milne Feeds, mate? Yeah, yeah. We actually have had a busy year, even though um, given the season, we've had an absolute belter of a season, haven't we? Um, And it just keeps on giving. It's been amazing. Mate, uh, talk us through your grain swap program. Um, yeah, look, I just, just wanted to get that back in front of the goals again yeah. for this year. Um, we've got the normal swaps and offsets uh, happening again this season. I know it's a pretty difficult year to market grain. It's pretty volatile out there, um, but we can set something up that's totally flexible. So, And I guess given the season that we've had, it's also pretty hard to think about sheep feed for next year. But yeah, yeah you'd, you'd suggest that we'd be back into a... A normal uh, late summer and autumn period next year, so no doubt we'll be feeding our sheep. So just a heads up that we've got that program running again, and um, yeah, we're we're keen to discuss that from now on. If anybody wants to move on that, and can you customise feed plans there to it, Mill Feeds, mate? Yeah, we can. We've actually had a bit of inquiry um, already on yeah feeding lambs this year. Obviously, with the backlog of lambs and uh, some of the the worldwide container logistic issues, yeah, it's caused WA to have a bit of a backlog of lambs. um, And yeah, getting uh, lambs into market at the moment, or even um, selling store lambs, Mm. is is uh, quite difficult too. So yeah, we've had a a fair bit of inquiry about guys taking lambs through um, this year on lamb growth. So yeah, give Wayne and myself a call um, to discuss that if you need to. The other thing that we've got going on Troy is we've had a bit of inquiry also with the, the record harvest that's coming mm. again and the um, shortage of you know grain storage that we're actually taking in uh, some old seasons barley and lupins okay. uh, and even wheat um, just to get that you know out of the system and mm. and uh, out of the farmers silos so if that suits anybody anybody's listening and wants to uh, talk to us about getting some old season grain out of the way then um, yeah just give us a call and the telephone number to get you on mate uh, I'll just give you the office number Troy and, yep. and you, uh, yeah. you can get Wayne, Wayne Manoni or myself there it's uh, 08 obviously 93510700 yeah or well, just check out the website to know more milne.com.au so if you want to gain the insights the advice and the tools that you uh, need whether it's uh, a customised feed plan or the grain swap program uh, Wayne and the team there will uh, certainly look after you, mate. And how are things uh, going there at Milne Feeds? Yeah, very, very good, Troy. Yeah, we've had a, a very busy season, actually. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we're, we're actually geared up and uh, ready to go again, as as we all do. All right. Mate, nice to have you back on uh, Rural Focus. Uh, and I know that we'll be catching up with, uh, with Wayne over the next few months. So looking forward to that, mate. Good on you. Thanks, Troy. No, thank you there, Brett. Yes, Brett from Milne Feeds, if you are wanting to know more with the team, check out the website today. Milne.com.au. Well, there it is. Another Rule Focus podcast. Hey, thank you for your time today. I look forward to bringing you another Rule Focus podcast here on the Listener app very soon.